0: So glad you came.
1: And, and lift them up all. Hee The differences I've experienced between the generations, you know, the older generation and the younger one, are the older generation, we have ways of saying things, these proverbial type sayings that are supposed to impart wisdom. And younger people don't get it, they don't understand it. Uh, I was watching football with Becky yesterday. And the running back came around with the ball and the linebacker ran right up and nailed him at the line, no gain. And the announcer said, boy, he was Johnny on the spot with that tackle. And she looks at me, his name's not Johnny. <laughs> Whoa, what's Johnny on the spot? What is that? So I had to explain to her what, what that phrase means one of my favorite ones Uh, my sister and I would be you know fighting and messing around and like I might knock something over in the living room and spill it or break it and my mom would would yell at us and say that's the straw that broke the camel's back and I'm looking at my sister and she's looking at me and I "I don't see no camel (laughs) I didn't break mom's camel. I, you know, so it really didn't make a lot of sense, but I, I learned quickly that I seemed to be the last straw that often broke my mother's camel. Um, <laughs> you know, life feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? Like we're often dealing with that last straw that can break the camel's back. Life just gets burdensome sometimes. And, and it feels like, it's like uh, I was watching a football game I mentioned. And there was a fumble. And the guy dives on the fumble to recover it. And then a guy jumps on him. And then a guy jumps on him. And a guy jumps on him. And pretty soon there's this pile of like ten bodies. All laying there. Wonder how the guy at the bottom feels. I can't breathe. (laughs) You know, you got all these 300-pound guys laying on top of you. But that's how life feels sometimes. It feels like I've got a pile of 300-pound bodies laying on top of me, crushing the life out of me. It's the last straw. And whenever that happens, there's there's quite often well-meaning people well-meaning Christians, who will come along and say, you know, the Bible says that God won't give you more than you can handle. The implication being, if God won't give me more than I can handle, then I should be able to handle it. So suck it up, tough it out, and get over it. What they're quoting is 1 Corinthians 10:13, but the problem is they got it wrong. That's not what Paul says at all. Let me tell you what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says, "No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear." But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so you can stand up under it. Now they translate, he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear to mean God won't give you more than you can handle, but that's not true. What Paul is talking about is temptation. Those things that the devil puts in our path to distract us from our faith, to divert us away from God... What Paul is saying is, you will never face a temptation that you can't resist by my grace. Satan can't make you sin. He will deceive you. He will lie to you. He will make that which is very ugly attractive so that you will be encouraged to want it. But in the end, it's up to you whether you sin or not. Satan cannot Make you sin. And that's what Paul is saying. There's no temptation that is greater than you can bear with the Lord at your side. He's not talking about the adversities of life, he's not talking about the day to day problems and troubles that are like that football game where they're just piling on. You know, you go to work and you have a bad day at work, and you go out and get in your car and the check engine light comes on. And you get home, and you get the mail, and you sort through it, and there's a couple bills you did not expect, and they're higher than you would have hoped. And, and then you get a phone call that, a, that someone dear to you is sick and had to be rushed to the hospital. And as you're running out the door to go see them, you trip and fall and hurt your leg, and you just look up to heaven and go, ah! <laughs> if one more thing happens... I'm going to lose it. The last straw. Rather than misquoting 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, when someone is facing that situation, it would be much better to share with them 2 Corinthians 1, 8-10. Let me share that with you. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Doesn't that sound like a last straw kind of situation? under great pressure beyond our ability to endure so that we even despaired of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Paul is not talking about the suffering that he is and his companions are facing so that you'll feel sorry for him. He is talking about his suffering so that when you are in a similar situation, when you are at your last straw, when you feel like if one more thing happens, I can't handle it and I'm going to break, you'll know what to do. And it's not for someone to say to you, God won't give you more than you can handle because here's a hard truth. At least it's been true for me. God will often give you more than you can handle. Or he, should I say he will allow more to happen to you than you can handle. And these next two things are the whole point of everything I'm saying up here. So if you forget everything else, remember these two things. God will give you more than you can handle so that you will stop trying to handle it. God will give you more than you can handle so you will stop trying to handle it. Because when the going gets tough, what is it? That's what the world says. You know what God says? When the going gets tough, Jesus is more than enough. Those are the two things you got to take away. God will often allow you to experience more than you can handle, so you'll quit trying to handle it, and when the going gets tough, Jesus is more than enough. That's exactly what Paul is saying in verses 8 to 10 of 2 Corinthians 1. And that is far different than telling you to toughen up and deal with it. He doesn't want you to handle it. Jesus died on the cross so you don't have to handle it. Rather than give up, he says, give it over. Because, see, the problem is, as long as we only experience what we can handle, what will we do? We will handle it. (laughs) One thing, I got it, God. I'm good. Two things, I'm coping. I can handle. Three, it's getting a little hard, but I'm still good. But by the time it piles on that fourth and fifth and sixth thing, I'm going, okay, (laughs) you got this one. I'm done i'm done you know what it's like it's like in wrestling uh my dad used to love to watch the old old time wrestling you know dick dick the bruiser uh all that was his favorite dick the bruiser and they love these wrestling matches even though they were so fake uh but they would do these tag team matches. You know, there'd be a pair of wrestlers, and one of them would be outside the ring, hanging at the corner of the rope, and two of them would be in there just grappling, throwing each other down and bashing each other, and pretty soon one would get one in a chokehold, and he's about to, to give up and surrender, and he's like, okay, boom, he slap his partner's hand, and he'd jump in, grab this guy, throw him down, and he'd, he'd go off to the side and go, <laughs> I almost had him. If I'd had another minute, I think I'd have won. (laughs) What Paul is telling you is that life is meant to be tag team. It's not you. It's you and him. And when you're beginning to face more than you can handle, Jesus is over there going, come on, come on. Let me in. Let me get in there. And he'll be there for us. Notice how comprehensive God's help is. I love this part. Paul said that he has delivered us. He will deliver us. And on him we have our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Do you see? He's covering everything. Past, present, and future. He delivered us yesterday. He's in the process of delivering me right now. And I have every reason to think that tomorrow... He's going to deliver me Now let's not confuse deliverance does not mean Make it all go away Make it better When I was a child and I would get hurt And I would go crying and screaming to my mother Because I thought I had a mortal wound From which I could not survive And it was a little cut about a half inch long That was barely bleeding I didn't want to lecture about playground safety at that point, even though I often got one. What I wanted was her to give me a hug and say it's okay and clean it off gently and then put that nasty red, stingy stuff. You remember that stuff s- Some. S- Some masochistic person invented that. I don't know who it was. It's when a child comes in all hurt and in need. Let's take this red liquid that will burn like fire and stick it on their wound and leave a big red spot. (laughs) But that's what this world does to us. You know, Satan is the master of kicking people when they're down. Don't think he's going to show mercy Don't think when you cry out, I'm at my breaking point, I'm facing the last straw, I can't handle it. That He's going to say, well, okay, if you can't handle it, I'm going to leave you alone for a while, let you recover. Now, it's like that football game. Well, then I'm just going to pile on some more. But Paul is telling us, he said, look, when I have more than I can handle which they did. They were under great pressure beyond their ability to endure and they felt like a a sentence of death had been placed upon them. He said, when that happens, I know that God will deliver me because he's always delivered me and he will deliver me in the future. He won't take it away, but he will come alongside us to give us what we need to get through. I learned something about pottery this week. I never knew anything, you know, I thought Play-Doh was pottery. (laughs) You know, sit there and make stuff out of it. I'm talking about the people that have the clay and they put it on the wheel and they're spinning the wheel and they take their hands and they form these beautiful things with it. When you're working with new clay... It's not as strong as it needs to be. And so, what they do, the potter will look around and find these little pieces, these shards of broken pottery that they have laying around, and they will shatter them into dust. They call it grog dust. I love that personally grog dust. And it's important how they make grog dust because if you make it too fine, it won't strengthen the clay. If you make it too coarse, it will cut the potter's hands as it spins there. So they have to do it just right. They take these broken pieces and they shatter them into grog dust and they mix it in with the clay. And then when they form it, it is stronger and they can make something bigger. And it's more resistant. They can use a hotter fire in the kiln to cure it. And then all that grog dust brings out a certain beauty to the piece that wouldn't have been there if it was just the plain new clay. Bet you don't know where I'm going with that one, do you? God does the same thing. He takes the broken pieces of our lives. All those things that we said, I can't handle it, it's too much, He comes alongside us, he lifts us up, he holds us up, he gets us through it, and then the broken pieces, he said, I can use this. This isn't wasted. You got to know that God is very efficient. He wastes nothing. Every experience you have in your life, be it good or bad to you, God says, I can use that. And he takes all the bad stuff, the broken pieces, and he crushes them into grog dust. And then he adds that to your faith. And he is able to shape you into something stronger and bigger than you could ever have been before. You are able to go through a hotter fire than you ever thought you could endure. And you come out more beautiful than you ever dreamed possible. Because God will often allow us to go through more than we can handle. So we will quit handling it. And when the going gets tough, Jesus is more than enough. Pray with me. Father, I'm so thankful for these words that Paul has given us these words of life words of hope words of strength I thank you father that even though life will will hand out more than than we know what to do with you are there all you ask is that we trust you that we lean on you that we call upon you that we be willing to surrender our lives to you. And Lord, when we have broken pieces of our life, you use them for our good. You use them to make us stronger. You use us to make us more resilient. You use them to make life more beautiful than it could ever be without them. So Father, we thank you that Jesus is always more than enough. For it's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Back to the wrestling analogy I used with the tag team. That only works if you have a partner. You get in trouble and you reach out and there's nobody there to tag You're on your own. And every week in our service, we take a moment to stop and invite you to invite him to be your partner. Because Jesus is, he's very polite. (laughs) He won't barge into your life. He won't kick the door down and say, you'd be better off with me than without me, so listen up. Accept me as your Savior, and let's do this together. No, the Bible says he stands at the door and knocks and just waits until you come to the point of saying, I want Christ in my life. I want him to be my partner. I want him to be there when life gets hard. So I have someone to tag. And when you open the door and invite him in, He walks through this life with you. We're going to stand in a moment and sing, and I'm going to invite you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if he's not on your team, he wants to be. He's just waiting for the invitation. I'm going to invite you to come. It would be my privilege to receive you, to pray with you to share with you in what we call a confession of faith, which is simply a statement that says, I believe in Jesus, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. We'll arrange for your baptism. And when life gives you more than you can handle, you'll know that you can quit trying to handle it and give it to him.